listening to An Inside Look with North America's Top 50 Site Consultants. How do I land a big deal in my community? What are location consultants really looking for? Join us as we pull back the curtain and look inside the secrets of site selection with your hosts, Tim Tarantine and Amanda Harrison. Welcome all to An Inside Look, North America's Top 50 Site Consultants. I'm here with Amanda Harrison, and we're so excited about the conversation we had with one of the giants in the industry of site selection. Amanda, tell us about your conversation. Hey guys, I had a great time speaking with Margaret Grissom Gittner this week. She's the principal at Peak Consulting, and she brings almost 30 years of experience to the field of site selection. She has assisted some major clients in this industry, specifically in the automotive, consumer markets, and industrial products like Avon, Dana Corporation, Daimler Chrysler, and Porsche. So she's done some pretty big and amazing deals. I think you'll get to hear a little bit about that in our conversation today. Previously, she served as president and CEO of the Bowling Green Area Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Authority. She also worked as a vice president of the Greater Louisville Economic Development Partnership. So she's a nationally recognized site consultant. She's been a contributor for all of the major publications and has spoken at all of the big conferences and I know that you will enjoy hearing from her today. So sit back and here's Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Thank you so much for joining us today on an inside look. North America's top 50 site consultants. Congratulations on being recognized as a top site consultant and welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks, Amanda. I'm happy to be here. I am happy you're here, too. We'll get started and jump right in with this. What are three things that everyone should know about you? Well, some people know this, but some don't. I love the water, and I try and be in the water at least every day of the week. Another is that I enjoy cooking and sharing my recipes and food ideas. And the third unknown fact is probably that I used to be part owner and general manager of a resort in Marina. Oh, excellent. So that kind of all ties together with your love for the water, too. That's right. Absolutely. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about how and why you first got involved in site selection? Sure. Well, after the marina business, I went into the economic development field, and then there I worked at the state and local and regional level. And after that, I moved to the corporate side and utilized many of the incentive strategies that created success for me in the economic development field. And, you know, I think that there's usually a way to make a deal work, but sometimes you have to get a little creative with the ideas to make it happen. Absolutely. I love that you brought in the idea of creativity because that is definitely a key to this industry. Um, now that you're on the site selection side and you have some background on the economic developer side, can you tell us an inside secret that you're using now when you're working a project and give a little insight into something that maybe economic developers need to know when you're sitting on the site selection side of the table? Well, what I think is important is to determine the net cost of doing business which that means what's the overall cost of business at the state and local level of one community and state compared to another, and then including the incentives 
on top of that to get the net cost of doing business in that particular community or state so that you have an apple and an apple. And I do have to say that I don't own that thought. I <laughs> I learned that from my good friend and former business partner, Betty McIntosh. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we've had Betty on this podcast series too. So you mentioned the incentives and balancing the cost structure. Aside from those things, what are some of the key issues that you're hearing about from your clients and maybe what can economic developers be doing about it to address those needs? Great question, Amanda. I think probably the number one key is the cost savings and what's the return on investment for the project. Something else that is a huge, huge issue now is the workforce quality and availability And I think it's important that communities make sure that the educational institutions are adapting to what the businesses need. And do communities have a workforce attraction and retention program? If they don't, they probably should to make sure that there's a continued availability of the workforce. I mean, we are in a shrinking workforce not only here but throughout the world. Another thought is um, speed to market is also a key issue. And if there's an available building or a pad-ready site, then that translates into cost savings for the company and the project. Great. Yeah, good insight and good advice. Um, So you've worked a lot of projects. You've got great experience. Can you talk to us about a best-case example of a community or a state who went above and beyond in a project that you've worked on? Sure. Recently, I had a project that ended up locating in Mississippi, and it was specifically because everyone, you know, the state and local and utility providers all went above and beyond. And this particular project was in the final stages of locating in a Midwest community. That Midwestern state was very aggressive, but at the local level, there wasn't basic economic development expertise at the local level. And as a result of what we saw in that community and the fact that a new building came up in Tupelo, Mississippi, the CEO and CFO decided just to change routes, and we left there, and we went to Tupelo and had a great meeting, and after many discussions and several more visits, the community was successful in locating this project. That's a great example of how a project can change just kind of in a blink of an eye when the right building becomes available or the right site becomes available. And if you're not feeling confident and comfortable with the existing team you're working with. So I'm glad you shared that with our listeners today. Margaret, what kind of marketing strategies work best on you? I know a lot of the economic developers listening are always wondering how they can best get their communities in front of site consultants like yourself. So what types of marketing strategies are most effective when dealing with you personally? The number one is building relationships, and I'm very involved in IAMC, and and those relationships are key from the economic development standpoint. Face-to-face meetings are key, and I would also suggest 
receiving emails that are strategic emails about the community and not obviously just a blast email. Great. Yeah, great advice. And blast emailing is something we all see. And most of the time, those just get deleted without even being open. So as a leader in this field, what is one leadership lesson that you carry with you that you hope to pass on to others? In this field, business ethics and accuracy is the name of the game. And if you stumble with either of those, you're going to live with that forever. And it's just so important to be able to stand behind everything that you say when you're meeting with companies. And of course, the ethics, that's just beyond question. All right, Margaret, this is going to be the last question to wrap up our podcast today. If you could tell a room full of economic developers just one thing, what would that be? How about a couple of things? Sure. Be responsive and answer the questions. Don't just send a package of information when you receive a quest. Understand what they're asking for and send only that information Know and understand your particular programs, either at the local level or the state level. Don't say, well, I think blah, 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 blah. If you say that, my next question is going to be, do you think or do you know? And also, I would suggest maybe building case studies supporting each of your programs. As an example, how long does the approval process take for incentives and permitting? What's the step-by-step process and the timeline-by-timeline for each of those programs so that there's a clear understanding of the time and the cost and the difficulty involved? Excellent advice. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to speak with us. And again, Margaret, congratulations on being named one of North America's top 50 site consultants. Well, thank you very much, Amanda. Thank you for tuning in to North America's Top 50, produced by Consultant Connect, where we're working to bridge the gap between leading economic developers and location consultants. To learn more about what we do and how to get involved, please visit consultantconnect.com or tweet me at Ron Kitchens.